ladies and gentlemen, a very good evening and a warm welcome back to the Red and Blue Review. My name is Nick Philpott. I'm here as your host this evening as we look back on the Brentford and Newcastle games. And we've got a couple of other topics that we want to cover with you this evening. I am joined by my absolutely talented panel. Uh, good evening. Uh, very tired, Mr Noble. Ian, well done for yesterday, mate. How many hours are you out? Yeah, about 20, just over 20, I think. Um, we did leave ridiculously early, um, but good evening, Nick. Good evening, everyone, I should say first. Uh, and I was home about midnight, so it was a long one. Cracking cracking work, mate. I have to say to you, that is outstanding stuff, because uh, uh, the only way I would do Newcastle away at my time of life is if I flew up there, I think is fair to say. Uh, and also, welcome back. And he, he was missing absolutely without leave last week. Welcome back, Mitchell Patel. Mitchell, how are you, mate? Good, good. And you? Yeah, life's good, mate. Life's good. Life's good. Uh, can, you, can you just keep your eye on the? Ch- can you see the chat, Ian? Uh, yes, again. Yeah, yeah. Uh, please keep your eye on that and say some hellos in a minute, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Before we get started, um, if you are watching us live, please hit the share button on Facebook. You can also watch us on YouTube, absolutely live, or you can watch us back at any time. And also go to our website www.redandbluereview.co.uk where you can watch this and our entire back catalogue. We're going to be I say, we're going to be catching up on the Brentford game in a minute. Uh, then we'll uh, touch on yesterday's game. We seem to be uh, draw specialists at the moment, and uh, then we're going to be talking about the international break over Christmas. But before we get into that, uh, talking about international breaks, no game yesterday for our ladies team who are proudly sitting on top of their league at the moment. They were on their international break. And congratulations to the England ladies qualified for their, I think it's World Cup, with one game one game to spare. Uh, absolute maximum points. They're doing this proud. So our ladies were in international break, I say. Uh, the Palace under-21s, uh, they played Tottenham at home yesterday and spanked them 3-0, as you can see on screen. Uh, again, great result. Some good stuff happening in our younger squads. Our under-23s, first half hat-trick for Gordon on the 6th, 31st and 41st minute at Sellers. Uh, and that, that was uh, for the under-23s. Uh, the under-18s played that lot on the south coast. Okay, and they also won 3-0. Nascimento scoring on the 11th and 41st minute. He was the guy He was the guy we bought from Peterborough, wasn't he? Uh, and also Williams uh, on the 73rd minute. That was at the training ground. So congratulations to the, those guys. And as Ian started this a few weeks ago, we're going to continue a little bit, if you don't mind, by doing a bit of uh, loan watch. Uh, Malachi Boateng, he was substituted for David Boateng in the 67th minute at Queen's Park. And they lost three, I'm oh, sorry, for Queen's Park as they lost 3-0 away at Dundee. Jez Raksaki started for Charlton against Bolton in a 3-1 defeat, but got the assist in the fourth minute. Scott Banks played for the first 66 minutes for Bradford. Uh, against Walsall in a 2-1 victory. Uh, Daniel Quick was a substitute for Dorky Wanderers, came up in the 78th minute in a 5-0 defeat. And Rob Street came on for Shrewsbury in the 67th minute in their 2-0 win away at uh, Forest Green Rovers. Luke Plange didn't feature this week, but Jay O'Brien came on in the 84th minute and scored an equaliser in the 93rd minute for RWD... Uh, Molenbeek in a 2-2 draw against the RC RSTA Fortunes in Holland. So uh, that's a quick catch-up on how the kids and the ladies are getting on. 
uh, we will keep you abreast of all the things because I think I think you know what lads. Instead of talking about Brentford to start with, I think we're going to go. We'll have a bit of a chat on that. You've all been watching the um, so far the four part series of the academy. But if you look at some of the talent, even I mean, look at some of those kids. They are foot, that's it, the football dreams academy. Um, Ian, start with you. Uh, I know you've been an avid watcher. Last week's show, I think we agreed pre-show was probably the poorest out of the four so far. But doesn't it make you proud? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, I'm still waiting for my invite to the academy. I've, I've got a badge to say I'm a founder member, so I, I'm looking forward to going and have a look around at some point. Um, but um, yeah, I was a bit disappointed in last week's show. Um, I think the, the parent watch thing was uh, interesting last week, where the parents were getting, especially the single mums, were getting so, you know, behind their boys, and they were, you know, having to go at the coaches because they weren't <laughs> the right teams and all that kind of stuff, which was a bit unnecessary. Um, and then the um, the Asian guy, um, he lived in um, East London and um, drove every day from East London with his boy, who was ten years old the yeah. Palace Academy, which was amazing. And he was giving them a, his boy a bit of stick. And he had, I think they, they called him in, didn't they? And sat him down and said, look, you can't act like that. You're, you're affecting your boy's game. So um, I think it was, it's interesting looking at these doc, this documentary and, and the scenes behind the Academy. Um, but I, I think I prefer it when they're focusing on the 16 year olds, you know, because these are lads that, you know, maybe we'll see in a few years time, but um, yeah, it's, it's good viewing for sure. Yeah. Enjoying it. Um, Ian, while you're there, can you do some hellos? Miss one coming to you on the same subject in a second. Yeah, um, Teresa Baker. <laughs> Teresa had said earlier on, I said, um, we must talk about how well Jordan Ayew played yesterday. Uh, Mitchell, I'm sure you'd have a view on that. Don't respond now, though. Do not respond now. Um, Paul Holden, good evening to you. Uh, Mark Callahan, Keith Madge Diamond, Matty Cannon, um, usual suspects on there. Good to see you all, guys. And... Um, Oh, guys, where's someone else? I saw someone else go through a minute ago. Andrew, Andrew Adams is there, Terry Oh, Landon. yeah. Uh, Paul Bristow, of course. You know, Paul, uh, good to see you yesterday, Paul, up at Newcastle. He's just got home from Plymouth to Plymouth now from Newcastle. Um, if you think what I did yesterday was was amazing, I think Paul uh, wins it hands down coming all the way from Plymouth for that one yesterday up in the northeast. Richard Young, Stephen Goldring, uh, welcome to you guys. Rob Cranfield, uh, Lucy's on. Hi, Luce. Uh, yeah, Andrew Adams, yeah, you mentioned. So good to see you, everyone. Um, obviously, as we talk about stuff tonight, it'll be good. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll mention, you know, put your views in the chat and we'll try and bring you into the conversation as we uh, chat through stuff about the games and um, the, the stuff we're going to be talking about later on. So, Mitchell, I, I haven't seen you since I've been away. So have you been watching the show, the um, Academy? Yeah, I think, uh, oh, that show, yeah, that's good. And, yeah, I mean, our youth teams are just fire right now uh i think we're top of the pl2 joint um i think uh are we third or second in under 18s and and the women are right up there so just fire all over the academy i mean it just got uh, boys it just goes to show you doesn't it i mean if you give them the facilities what can come out of it um and obviously our number one of all time would be will Saha. but how many more will Saha's? Or did you see on the screen the other day and potentially the last two or three weeks? Future looks good, in you? Yeah, it does very much so. Um, yeah, I, I just think the amount of money we've spent on it is it, you'd expect it to be good. Um, and you know, pr prior to it becoming a, a category one academy, there was a lot of stuff talk about 
players like uh, Emil Smith Rowe, Ruben Loftus Cheek, um, helped me out. Others that were that hailed from South London yeah. that went off and joined Arsenal Chelsea because um, the cat the academy at Palace wasn't quite up to scratch, but now it is. So um, you'd hope that the lads coming through now are the cream of South London. Um, and they, uh, you know, again, someone studied this, and I'm, I'm no expert, but there's more talent that comes out of South London apparently than almost any other area of the country. So if we get it right, then hopefully we'll uncover that next Wilfred Zaha and uh, in 10 years' time, you know, reap the benefits. You know, it's something Steve like. 13 or 18% of the Premier League players come from our catchment. Yeah, it's something Steve Parrish, it's something Steve Parrish alluded to in a recent interview that uh, because the amount of chimney pots in South East London, the, uh, the, the quality and the number of the kids that are coming through, all, which is not for Palace, but for lots of other academies are coming from South East London. Uh, it's, it's, it's really important. Years and years ago, I'll tell you a very quick story. My son was signed up for the Chelsea Academy and I spent many, many weeks down at Cobham uh, watching him training as a goalkeeper down there. Uh, and it was, we were still probably languishing in the uh, championship at the time. And I thought to myself, when you walk through their doors and see the facilities for those kids. Now, look at where Chelsea are now, these years later, with the, the likes of people like Connor and that coming through. That I mean, I thought to myself, wouldn't it be lovely one day if Palace could be in that position? Chelsea were at the time, and obviously still are now. Okay, wonderful facilities down there. I don't know if you guys have ever been down there, but an amazing setup down at Cobham. Well, hang on a minute. So are we now. Okay, and uh, I, for one, am really proud of you know, the Aaron Wan-Bissaka thing, the sale that Aaron, uh, he created that, the sale of Aaron Wan-Bissaka. And I, and I am just mightily, mightily proud of our club to have those facilities and not, let's not forget be the in, in, the initiators of for the kids that fail how they're being looked after or their families are being looked after after the kids were are released palace were the first club to do that so i think it's happy days at the sellers park okay we may not but be it's where we the type of player that our catchment area creates right in the cities like you know Grinding football, cage football, tight, close control tricks. That's why we see all of those type of players, like the Victor Moses, you know, the Zahars, all of them, Sancho's come from them areas. So that's why they're all like exciting as a, you know, all of them are exciting, tight control, interplay, because it's, we are cage football on the big stage these days. I'm just looking at a comment in the in the chat. Gary Clark, good evening, Gary. Thank you for joining us this evening. Saying, I reckon Wilf will commit for life now. Well, it's funny you should say that, Gary. It's something Joe and I actually mentioned on the show two years ago. If we didn't sell him in that particular window, we never would. Well, he's got an option. It's going to be, it's literally black or white come January. It's literally black or white. He either signs a new deal with us, which I think is highly unlikely, or he can sign a pre-contract with uh, another club come January. So, but celebrate the fact that we might, I think that's the biggest, let's do the transfer window quickly now, guys, or the, the lack of business. I think the biggest thing to come out of the transfer window on Thursday was the fact that Zaha is still there. Cele ladies and gentlemen out in Facebook land, celebrate the fact that we'll, you're going to be seeing Wilfred Zaha. It could be the long goodbye, okay, until next summer, until next June, but he is still a Crystal Palace player and will be until next uh, 
until June. Yeah, it was disappointing, boys, wasn't it? Not that we never bought any great signings in. Super, uh, yeah. super disappointing. So, <laughs> yeah, go on in. Yeah, let, let, let's look at what Patrick said about it, because uh, I think this is a really important quote. So, Patrick Vera on, on deadline day, uh, it opens again in 13 games. It's now 12 games, of course, and we've been clear about not bringing in players to make up the numbers. I said from the opening day, I was happy with the group we had. I believe we have enough to be competitive. So I think that's a real telling uh, quote. Um, if, you, if you read the socials, the Palace socials, you know, people are saying, yeah, we need to get other players over the line. But look, you know, we've got a tried and tested system. We've got an excellent sporting director in Doogie Friedman. We have a, a chairman who backs the club to the hilt that is a proper fan of Crystal Palace Football Club. And these guys have got the, the best interests of the club at heart. So I, I, for one, was pleased that we didn't just bring anybody in to make up the numbers. And it, 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 whichever way you cut it, we still have a squad now. Uh, we're alight in one or two positions, of course, but we still have a squad now that has got a depth to it that, that we didn't have even two, two years ago, last year even at times. Um, you know, we brought in Decore. You know, if you watched the game yesterday, he had a, he had a fantastic game. Uh, in the in the middle of the park, um, Malcolm Abui is is a great talent. Looks really good. We've seen him in pre season. We've seen him a little bit um, in uh, in the League Cup, uh, and Chris Richards as well. US international uh, and Johnston is is a great competition for Vincente Guita in goal. So I think those four signings were, were fantastic, uh, and um, you know I would rate our window overalls about seven out of ten really. I haven't got a problem with it at all. Missal, uh, what do you think was short, mate? So, obviously, you know, we all know that I called Decore early, early doors. Like yeah, 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 yeah. Right, so he was, we knew about that. And as soon as we'd signed him, and plus we had Plange early, we had Everly early, all of that was early. And at that stage, it looked like we were going to do something special this season. Yeah. And then, let's be clear, at the end of last season, everyone said... Lucas had his time up. Ward, we all love him, but really we need something better on that right. Uh, and AU, debatable. Some people love him. Some people hate him, right? So we accepted. We knew that right side is what we all needed. So Richards comes in and you think, actually, yes. You know, comes from Bayern, strong one-on-one, -on -one, progressive. That's great. Should have got Colwell or potentially Ronnie like Ronnie Edwards, early, but we didn't. And a week before that statement, he said, we're short on numbers, which technically we are. Decore is a monster, but everything stops as soon as anyone looks right. All of the patterns of player in the centre, Mitchell, Gay, Anderson, Eze, uh, Wilf, all of that's pattern play. But then when you want to look to switch, where is he? There is no right side. Ward always runs forward and then thinks, oh, let me step back, sideways back. And it yeah. always stops on the right. And then we're weak on the right because he's obviously not that quick. And obviously, IU, who everyone thinks makes millions of tackles and tracks back, actually doesn't. Uh, and that's where all of our weakness comes from. And that's where they all attack us from every week. So a week before that statement that said, and I do agree with 
like what you said, we do have an excellent recruitment, we do have a great chairman, and we do have an unbelievable manager. I agree with all of that. And not bringing in the wrong people is the right thing to do. But a week before that statement, he did say we are short on numbers. But agreed, we couldn't get the ones we wanted over the line, like Gibbs White, who would have been unreal in exactly what we want. Uh, We couldn't get a Watkins up front or anything like that. So I accept this is what we've got. But I feel like we haven't. I don't understand why we put Plange out. He looks strong preseason. Well, maybe, maybe Mitchell, because he's not quite good enough yet. You know, they've had a look at him. They've got him in. They've had a look at him in Agreed. games and training. Agreed. Like, I just thought yeah. he looked strong and willing and an engine and was tackling coming back. And Eberwe looked unreal, but hasn't seen a single minute. And I just look at IU's stats and nothing tells me every game, even though he was the most industrious I've seen him yesterday. Yeah. I look yeah. at his stats. We'll come to tomorrow's game shortly, but, you know, you, whatever you think about Jordan Ayew, um, clearly Vieira rates him to the point of wanting to start him in games like yesterday. True. Um, he's not starting every week. He didn't start against Brentford. Um, right. so- looked our best. Before, oh, yeah. before, you get onto the, before we get onto the games, guys, and we will do, Nigel, Nigel we'll come back to that. Um, I just wanted to do uh, a couple of quick points, if you don't mind, from my perspective. What I did think is, I wonder what actually, the, I mean, you saw his quote, but I wonder what Vieira actually did think when he woke up at nine o'clock on Friday morning and the window is shut. I wonder if they're, you know... I mean, we, we have were, a great team and a great squad we are light as soon as you have to look to luca you're dead but we didn't if you're looking at luca and like that's what you want for security and stability no he's dead he can't pass the ball and all you're gonna get is a foul which and invites gonna, a free kick which invites a goal i'm just gonna pick up on one quick point from the chat uh i'll leave the chat to you in a second Ian. um but keith match diamond said we are light but we have a massive break for the world cup uh, to get over any injuries and work on in the January window. Now, uh, your point there, Keith, is well made. It's actually a subject we're going to be covering at the end of the show tonight because I want to talk about the World Cup. Um, and it's something I think that we have, and I don't know if many Palace fans have thought it through, but we actually have a wonderful opportunity, okay, and we're going to cover it in great detail towards the end of the show. So thanks for that, Keith. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you for the tea up. Um, I think it's. Should we just do Brentford very quickly? In uh, I yeah. was there on, I was there on Tuesday night. Um, uh, substitute Johan Wiss's late uh, header salvaged a one-one draw for Brentford at, uh, at Crystal Palace on Tuesday night. The young Mark Whistle was connected with a Janelle's uh, cross on the 88th minute to cancel out Wilf's Zaha's earlier stun on the 59th minute. Uh, a late Brentford onslaught almost saw them take all three points. Back to West London, uh, it was a very, very... I came out of there thinking we'd snatched a draw from victory and we nearly snatched defeat from uh, from that draw. Um, well, Ian, if you don't mind, we'll do uh, Zaha's goal to start with. Over to you, mate. Yeah, OK. Yeah, before I do, I just want to... Otherwise, I'm going to forget to mention this. I just want to say Andrew Adams, um, which was the subject we talked about earlier. It's a squad game. We have a decent squad. Uh, can it be improved on? Yes. Let's wait until that's window. 
Ayu is living in Mittel's head. Um, <laughs> sorry, mate. Sorry, mate. Um, okay, Brentford game, interesting. I, I think that first half, um, I mean, they literally they showed a few seconds of it on the match of the day highlights. Yeah, I don't know if you're anything like me, guys, when you're at a game. You know, I find it difficult sometimes to remember exactly what's happened and what order it's all happened in. Uh, I do look at it from a slightly different perspective since I started doing this show. Um, but that the first half, it, it was sort of two good sides that just cancelled each other out a bit. You know, um, there weren't a lot of clear-cut chances. I thought Brentford probably just shaded it a little bit and, um, you know, uh, just glad to go in at nil-nil and give ourselves a chance. But, you know, Will's goal, it needed something special to unlock the Brentford defence. Uh, my goodness me, wasn't it a fantastic goal? It was reminiscent. It was very similar to the goal we scored at Norwich away last season, um, you know, from that you know left side of the area. And but, but when you watch it back, you know, it, there was no backlift on that on that uh, on his right foot. It, it was it was just it, the bloke was just sort of jockeying him and waiting for him to take him on. Then suddenly he shoots and gets it right in the top corner. Unbelievable goal, absolutely top top draw, uh, and a goal fit to win any game. Um, interestingly, we should talk about Wilf's comments after the game as well. So yeah. I'll come back to that, Nick, if I may. Yeah, please but, do. Um, we, we, you know, I think the substitutions changed the game. Brentford knew they had to get something from it. They brought more attacking players on, Wissa being one of them. And we responded by bringing on defensive players. We didn't give ourselves a creative outlet because we took a Lise off, who looks our most dangerous player um, before Wilf scored, or I should have mentioned earlier. Uh, Michael Lisa hit the post. Fantastic effort on goal. And, you know, if you're going to win games at this level, that second goal is so, so crucial. And we, we didn't give ourselves the opportunity of scoring that second goal because we, we brought on defensive players. Um, you know, Luca came on. Um, help me Are out. You? Are you? Are you? did come on, yes. Oh. Um, but, but, um, he was probably our only creative outlet at all, but uh, I will stay on the pitch. Um, and, and do you know what? I just thought that that changed it. And even though we had that five at the back when they did get the cross in for their equalising goal, the bloke had loads of space still. I think yeah. we've learned from that. You know, I was just sort of in the stand and I could see Vieira going absolutely mental when they scored the goal, kicking buckets of water and all the rest of it. And... Clearly, they they hadn't done what they were had been asked to do. You know, that's the thing. They hadn't done what they've been asked to do. And and you're right, you know, it felt like, thank goodness we hang on for the point in the end, because if that header from uh, Ben Mee goes in, crikey, that would have been a real smash and grab for them. So, well, I've you got know, a, one I've got was a, fair in the end. Come, we'll come, you can come back to uh, Will's uh, comments in a minute. I'm about to, because there's only three of us, I get an opportunity to speak with. I, normally, I'm just asking questions. But I had my own feelings about what happened on Tuesday night, boys. Uh, Missile, I'm really aiming this at you. Uh, but the rest of the Palace fan base that was watching us on screen, uh, I've got my tin hat on, and I'm ready to be slaughtered by you lot. Ready, steady, go. My honest opinion, I thought two disappointing players on the pitch on Tuesday night. Ready? Bria Eze. I didn't think he had a particularly great game. And I didn't think Michael Alisi was that effective either. Okay, Missile, respond. Okay, right. So I thought, actually, Brentford are no, like, mugs. They're a damn good side. They're a tanky, 
aggressive. And when he makes those substitutions, basically they flood your box. And even all the defenders, so they just creep you into in this like net. And that's a massive risk. So if you can get past that with one out ball and someone who's decisive, that's how you, you, you get past it. But they hound you. They're a great team. So I don't have a problem with that. We were actually really good for about 60, 70 minutes because we had out balls and we played in patterns and things happen. And I agree, as they didn't have his best game, but he did well. And Decore, again, monster, monster. Yeah, agree. Making uh, everything up and he just releases the right ball and the simple ball. But about him, he's like a predator. So you won't see him like clashing the players like Connor did, where he's like in everyone's face. What he does is he kind of like like prey. He kind of sits and watches and runs them just so he can get that final nick. But he doesn't then, that's not where the action stops. He gets the nick and then he can pick up the ball and move it. And if you watch, he's so clever. He's so, so clever. And that just allows us to be attacking but what i mean we look great i thought we were happy days at least eh? just oh he has two three men on him sucks him in which opens up the space in the middle for Eze, and then the out ball to zaha quick shot bang goal right that's how it works you put Ayu there and luca there right what happens is everything stops Ayu always goes on like a mazy run thinking he's like messi but what he doesn't realise is he doesn't play with the rest of the team. So he runs away down the, the sideline, gets to the end, and then realises, oh, there's no one around me. Got a couple of defenders. Oh, I'll fall. I get a foul. Or I get a corner. But he never plays the right ball where they were playing. And you see it. Zaha's like, what the hell are you doing? Simple ball. And that's why I get so annoyed. And people are like, oh, you, you, but he defends. All right. But look at every other player in that position. In other clubs, do their fans go, yeah, but he runs hard? No, because they make actual impact. And let's talk about that game. In that game, Elise, total shots four, right? Expected goals 1.18. I mean, 0 0.18. Expected assists 0.12. Uh, dispossessed once. Recoveries defensively, we're now talking. Six. Interceptions, one, right? Ground duels, one, 71%, five out of seven. So who's talking to me about IU being defensive when that was defensively for Elise on my I mean, right? And in, and in fairness to Michael, bless his heart, Ian, I'm coming to you now because I want you to do the chat, please. But in fairness, let's, let's caveat what I said about Elise and Eze, especially for Michael. Michael's coming back from quite a long uh, injury. Yeah. He was out for a while, so he's still finding his foot. He looks strong, though. There's been a couple of games, and Man City's third and fourth goal, I will use as my evidence. I think Eze needs to learn. In fact, and I, I, I use the word to my son, lazy in defence. He was no, certainly. No, no, he, no. Eze, I'm talking about, not Elise. Uh, yeah, no, was, Eze, no. He, no, he was not. certainly responsible for the third goal, uh, uh, the Etihad, because he didn't track back leaving uh, Tyreek um, exposed. Mitchell, hang on, let's, let's come to Ian. Let's come to Ian. Ian, do the chat for us, mate. I think, I think from the, the, the Man City game, it was the first goal where um, 
is it Bernardo Silva? He was running across the the the, the, the box, and Eze was almost in Tarek Mitchell's way. He got in his way, and that stopped him following on and getting that challenge in. Which so so he got his shot away, and that was the it was a deflected shot. It was a goal. But I think Eze can look lazy. I'm not sure he is, but he looks lazy, and he's in his gait, the way he runs, and all the rest of it. So I think it's just something that we will have to cope with. I can cope with him being looking lazy because he's such a great player going forward. All right. Okay. Anything else in the chat, Ian? Anything else in the chat, mate? Yeah, sorry. Mitchell was putting his hand up. Go on. Say what you got to say very quickly. I was going to say, I've really, really been trying to search. So if anyone knows, anyone in the chat or anyone, where we can actually try and search for... um, like distance covered or or like how many yards they run in in like per game per player right just let us know because this season I've looked at Eze right and I've never seen him run so much uh, forwards yeah, okay. and back and he may not be perfect but I've like for 90 minutes I've seen him running like that and that and I still see Ayu just drifting and I'm like Eze is now covering you and then that shifts everyone over. So the Brentford goal, let's okay. talk about that. When he came on, Ayu, he didn't go out to that player who was No, he there. didn't. You're right. He was at fault for right? that. And yeah. then there was a pass to another player in the middle who then literally, and then Eze's player who he didn't go to, run past him. He looked at him. He didn't even follow him. So that ball to the guy in the middle was just one, two back to him. He crossed the ball for the header for Wissa. Because yeah, yeah. I didn't track any one of the two or three, didn't even bother. No, and he I, does it weekly, but nobody watches that. Yeah, I, I, listen, I agree with you there. When I watched that back, he was, I think he hadn't been on the pitch that long, you know, and, and he should have closed him down. It wasn't just him, there were other players as well that could have closed people down for those questions. I agree, so, but he you know, just does it. We could go on and on about I We don't want to become the podcast that, that, that bashes Jordan I. Um, Look, I was not even going to talk about him, but people are going to come at me. That's the problem. That's right. Look, you I'm, going to, I'm going to find you, Mitchell. I'm going to find you a thousand pounds worth of sponsorship for Red and Blue Review. For the, if you mention IU one more time during this particular I, podcast. honestly, I don't even want to talk about him unless yeah. I invite you to speak about him. Um, right, yeah. okay. In the chat, Colin Waterman, uh, Elise, Eze, Mateta, and Edward need to start adding goals to their game. It's simply not good enough just to make a few runs now and then. Uh, can't just rely on the will for the goals. I think we'd all agree with you there, Colin. Um, Mark Callahan, if we have to go five at the back, we need three centre-backs. Uh, Mitchell got caught out playing in that position. Uh, yeah. Gay and Anderson seem to be having words after that one went in. Um, that's the Brentford guard. I guess you're talking about Mark there, um, at, at, um, that we're talking about there. I think um, someone else has said also, I've seen in here, I just need to find it, um, that Mitchell doesn't quite look himself. Yeah, and I, I said pre-show, um, of, hang on a sec, I said pre-show that Mitchell and Mark Gahey, I think, on that left side of the defence, don't look quite the players they looked last season. Uh, unpopular opinion, maybe, um, yeah. but Gahey's got a mistake in him. What was it yesterday? Yesterday, he was, um, he was caught in possession and um, he ended up lying on the ball and they got a free kick. In our own half of the pitch, I thought, what is he doing? You know, he needs it just to deliver it. And when you're watching it from St. James's Park, you're watching it from that bird's eye view, and you can see the the, 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 the distance between the players. 
And you think, just pass it there. Of course, it, the, the players can't see it like we can. Um, and yeah, he got caught in possession maybe once or twice yesterday, which I thought wasn't really like him last season. And if he wants to go to the World Cup with England, he's got to improve upon that for sure. And Tariq, uh, yeah, I think Tariq is probably carrying a knot still. Um, exactly, exactly what I was coming to. He went off yesterday and you bring Klein on at left back and you think, you know, Klein is never a left back. Um, but, you know, Wally did a right on the right yesterday again, you know, steady performance. But, you know, we're lacking something. We lack that depth. Um, the boy, Taya uh, Adam Arola, has come back from Coventry. Thank His lungs has been um, blocked. Um, I don't think that's necessary just because he's not getting the Coventry side. I think it's because we need more cover at left back. I, um, yeah. So, and he looks, actually, he looked decent as well. So I, well, I think in the cup match, I saw him play last season. He looked really good. Yeah, for sure. He's quite attacking. He's quite strong. Um, but yeah, I, I, I just, that's why I just, I'm not sure about, I mean, I might not know anything about Plange, but I thought he was all right. He was quite physical. He, he run, you know, he had a decent engine. But yeah, we're just short, which is why, why don't we get Colwell? I mean, Brighton are doing business. Colwell and Gilmore for nine million. Are you kidding me? Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. I just want to uh, change subject if you don't mind for a minute. Instagram, ladies and gentlemen, we have our own Instagram account. Uh, red underscore blue underscore review. I think it is something along that. Just search red and blue review. You'll find it out there. Tom Clark Samuel does a lot of great work for us out there. He's asked me to mention to you that for the rest of the month, okay. Uh, or going forward, he's doing a monthly quiz for you on there. Please get on there, jump on there, give it a like. He does a lot of hard work for us, for which we thank you, Tom, uh, and get involved in his quiz that he's getting set up. So it's, I think it's it's a quiz once a month for the previous month's Palace action. So uh, get on, get get on, and get involved in that. Right, where should we go to next? So did we have we covered both goals? Uh, I think yeah, I think we've done the Brentford game. I think you know we were we were share of the. Spoils was probably about rights, but um, let's uh, let's talk about yesterday, shall we? Yeah, um, by all means. Uh, so again, I want to add uh, my congratulations to each and every Palace fan that made that journey up there. Uh, I think you're all heroes and you're all proper proper Palace fans. I'm like armchair supporters like me. Uh, and talking about another, don't don't try and make out you, you made the journey, ladies and gentlemen. We're joined by Nigel Croucher, who made the <laughs> mammoth journey over from. Um, um, Ten miles, uh, Middlesbrough, <laughs> Middlesbrough to Newcastle, Ian, Sunderland. I'm oh, sorry, Sunderland. Uh, Ian spent hours and hours and hours getting there, and Mr. Johnny come lately up there uh, turned up with about ten minutes to spare. So, first of all, how did you manage to get up the staircase, Nige? I got up in the lift. <laughs> you, did you? You bottled it. I did. I was going to walk. I was. I was going to walk, but I went in with Rob Cranfield. We've seen the size of him. So uh, he coerced me going up the lift with him. Good well, some of the people I was with, I went in the lift, but I said, look, I'm walking. And one of the reasons I walked is that last year we lost and I took the lift last year. So I thought I've got to change my pre-match uh, routine. And uh, we were in nice and early. So halfway up, I managed to have a little rest. But my <laughs> goodness me, I was out of breath when I got to the it's top. It's a killer, isn't it? Ooh. Rob Pratt was in the chat. Good evening, Rob. Well done for attending yesterday. How many Palace fans were there, boys? About a thousand, oh, fifteen hundred. Yeah, oh, fifteen hundred. Well, you reckon? Yeah, and good experience. I mean, <clears throat> you're you're quite good on the experience. I mean, Nigel, you've been there before, but 
was it a good day? Did you enjoy it? Was it worth the trip? Yeah, it was worth the trip. Yeah, as far as nil-nils go, um, quite how the game stayed nil-nil is beyond me. We'll talk about that in a sec. But yeah, it was a good trip. Um, what I like about going to Newcastle is that the station is so central. You Literally, it's a 10-minute walk to the ground from Newcastle Station. And, um, you know, some grounds you go to, like Old Trafford, it's four miles away. Leeds, it's a nightmare once you get to the station. But Newcastle is, isn't like that. And the locals are pretty yeah. friendly. You know, they're, 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 the only thing that annoys me is at the end, they make you march right the way around the stadium. Yeah, we, we stayed at, we stayed to the bitter end. We got kicked out in the end because our train wasn't so quite late. So we, <laughs> we didn't have to rush off. So we, we were like first in and last out. So yeah. um, we still had to walk around the, the side. Um, I, mean, I think the game, the game from what I saw on the stream, uh, Mittel, you saw it, you, you saw it on the stream as well. I mean, it, it was a little bit like the Alamo. It, it actually reminded, I think what it reminded me of, it reminded me of a couple of the Roy Hodgson games where we were getting battered and battered and battered and popped up the other end to get the winner. Um, did you think that was going to end up that way because they just couldn't get past Guaita, Mick? I mean, he was outstanding yesterday. Like, he, I mean, look, if we look at what it was, they absolutely battered us and their expected goals was like, uh, let's have a look. Two point something. And ours 2. Was 1. 2.83, mm. right? Mm. And ours was 1.01. 23 mm. shots they had, five big chances versus zero of ours. And to be honest, we were lucky, right? Because they didn't even have like the big man, St. Maximan or Guru Miresh. If they had that, they would have been clinical. We'd be three, four down by half time. So I don't understand this <laughs> defensive view. Why can't we just play attacking and then if we need, put these kind of dead men on later on? But if we do it the other way around, we're always going to be behind and then we won't catch up and then... Oh. What do you mean by dead men? What, what are you on about, dead men? Well, just people like Luca and Ayu that just stop everything. Like they Luca, Luca didn't get on the pitch yesterday, did he? Luca wasn't on the pitch yesterday. No, no, it wasn't. What I mean is, like, we've got such an attacking trio. And, like, obviously we don't know about Mateta and Edward, which one plays up front or whatever. But Elise, Zaha, Eze, and Decore is, like, the Superman just to cover. Yeah. And then Schuppi always works hard engine-wise. I don't understand when we have Elise who creates everything, why he can't play. The, the stats yesterday said that we, we, you know, it was it was a fairly even game. You know, 52-48, um, 23 shots they had. We had 19. I'm looking at my stats. I don't know if this is the same as on here. No, I um, we had nine shots on target to their six. All right, okay. They weren't um, shots necessarily that Nick Pope had to do much about, some of them. One or two they he did, but uh, some of them were sort of more like back passes. But, you know, uh, overall, I thought, you know, we 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 acquitted ourselves well yesterday at a at a difficult place to go to, um, where you've got you know a fifty thousand home fans baying for the goal to be scored, and you know, we rode our luck at times. So, do you know, you know, I think we need to come out of there with a lot of credit yesterday. For, for... Yeah, also, I mean, uh, I wanted to pick up on um, Mateta's turn and shot. I felt like he was unlucky anywhere else. He put it straight down the goalkeeper. Yeah, it was a good effort. I think you just need to pick up on a couple of things in the chat, if you don't mind. Michael Herman, evening Mike. Uh, he mentioned IU again. That's a thousand pound. Okay. Uh, Theresa said, Mittel just said IU. Andrew Adams just said, 
Uh, Nick, uh, you mentioned Ayugin. Surely that's a yellow card. Okay. Yeah, so great. <laughs> one more, and you owe the Red and Blue Review sponsorship fund. And ladies and gentlemen, in all seriousness, we are looking for a sponsor for the show. Not big bucks, but come along, sponsor us, uh, help us with hardware and and getting trying to make your little, your Sunday night a little bit easier. So if you know anybody that's interested in it, give us a shout. Get in touch with runners. Mick, right, where you go? Okay, so um, I just want to get across, actually, we went to Newcastle, which is going to be a tough place for any team to go, right? Yeah, they yeah. are, they're looking good. And without them two players, especially Isaac as well now, oh, God, they're actually looking all right. So, and he, Eddie Howe knows what he's doing. He's clever tactically. So, I, I'm happy with the point. I'm, we've done well, but yeah. it was a botch job and we got a little bit lucky. Um, so this whole like shifting of formation, I get it, but we've kind of got holes in there, as in we're plugging holes, but we're not the right players. So it kind of, I understand the ethos behind it. Yes, it, we should be flexible in games and be able to switch from the three to, to the five and whatever, but not when you haven't got the players who can do it, because then that stops everything else in terms of how you then like get the ball back. So last season, because of Connor in the press, we had recoveries in the opposition's third. And then we spread quickly and we'd get chances and score. Now, with this defensive-minded outset, we drop deep and we don't recover in their half anymore. We don't chase anymore. Right, we, we wait and then we try and get an out ball, which is why you see we are, I think, second in long balls this season. Because now look at how much more Gay and Anderson are pinging the ball to Zaha and and the out ball, right? Compared to last season, because we don't have possession, because we can't hold it, because we're not playing in patterns. Can I, right, just want to, Ian, I'm coming to you now because I want to, I want to talk to you about. Uh, the, their goal or their disallowed goal. Uh, I note today that the PGM, PGMOL are looking at the VAR decisions from you, not just from that one, okay, but they're also uh, looking at the Chelsea game yesterday because something clearly isn't right. Uh, Ian, from the crowd perspective, uh, I think it's safe to say that Newcastle were very unlucky there. Had that been the other way around, we would have been screaming absolute blue abdads. Yes, he's yeah. Uh, made contact with Guaita there, stopped him coming from the ball. But if he if he doesn't do that, Guaita gets there, in my opinion. So there's both ways yeah. to look at it. Your thoughts, mate, please. Yeah, I think in the ground, um, we weren't complaining too much from where mm. from the, the top of the stand. You know, it looked like a coming together. Um, but then Guaita's flat out, and so is their player. So you think, well, something's happened there that isn't quite right. So when they did go to look at it, you think, oh, actually, this could be ruled out. That's handy. Um, now, watching it back, I can see why the referee's changed his mind. Now, on match of the day, they made much of the fact that the guy in the VAR studio is vastly more experienced than the referee. That's rubbish, in my opinion. OK, so the referee's had another look at it and he's seen Joe Willett take Goita out. He's taken him out. It was like, um, you know, the wrestling. They would have been, been pleased with that. He's actually knocked him flying. And when and Newcastle's defence was... Actually, Mitchell pushed him in. He didn't push him in. He might have had his hand on him, but that wasn't a foul. That wasn't a foul. There's phys- it's a physical game. There's physical contact all over the pitch. Yeah. He's got his hand on him, but that wasn't a foul. So so the foul was Willock taking Goita out. And as you rightly say, Nick, Goita gets that ball 
if he's not taken out. Therefore, it's a foul. It's our, it's our free kick. And the goal shouldn't stand, in my opinion. Now, Newcastle fans would argue differently. And Eddie Howe argued differently. And Shearer argued differently. Um, but I did see one or two Newcastle fans on social media saying, yeah, fair enough. You know, I can see why it was ruled out. Um, and if it's the other way around, maybe our views change. I don't know. But, I, 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 yeah, we, we, we got a little bit lucky. But at the end of the day, I think it was a goal that, that shouldn't have stood and it didn't. So, for me, it's the correct decision. Mitt, I'm coming to you next. Nigel, from inside, I mean, if you read the socials, uh, there was one Newcastle fan thought that uh, he pushed, uh, Wardy had pushed, uh, who was it? Who was their player? Willock. Willock into Guaita, and, he, and the Palace response, the Palace socials response was, "What's Joe Joe Ward's right arm? Superhuman actually threw him through the air, did he?" Uh, it was Mitchell. It was Mitchell. Mitchell. That was Mitchell. Sorry. Um, uh, Nigel, from your point of view, what did you see? Um, I, sat, I agree with Ian. Sort of from up in the gods, you thought, "God, what have we? You know, what have we done?" One little day. I say Guaita, he was out flat. And they, they even bought the um, the boards on to uh, carry him off, wasn't it? Really? I honestly thought he'd had a serious neck injury, the way they were mm. sort of treating him. And I, th I think there's good five well, minutes. Stoppage too, let's be fair. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a good five minutes stop, which was treating Guaita while the referee went over to the monitor. But okay. as soon as... As soon as the referee took that walk, you, you knew we, going was going to get. We knew it was going to get ruled out. I mean, well, what your views, boys? Don't forget, we need to catch up on the goalkeeper uh, on Guaita and his performance yesterday. So, Mick, go for it, mate. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think it was that controversial. Really, could have gone either way. Uh, I actually thought, oh, we've been lucky there. And yes, look, I, I, my view of it or my take on it is Willock wasn't being a nuisance or whatever. He's moving forward. He's trying to get to the ball. I get that. That's great. Geiter's coming out. He's looking to punch it. So that's all fine. Mitchell was behind him and he does have a hand on him. No way is it a crazy push. But yeah, he does force a little bit of pressure there, which is what you'd expect. It's football. That's what happens. And that's what then puts Willock moving forwards to Geiter in a different direction. They clash. Nobody's done anything wrong there. So it's just like, it, it's not a big deal. We got lucky. We did. We did. And it was bizarre because after they ruled the goal out, they showed it back on the big screen. And you suddenly saw all these Newcastle fans go, oh, you know. So, I, so I, 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 I texted my mates and I was like, lucky escape. That was ridiculous that they yeah. did that. Can you just clarify what did they say? Say again? Can you just clarify what, what did we <laughs> They're all going mental down below us. It was crazy. It was bonkers. Um, Listen, so we've, we've gone to two draws in a week now. We need to start turning some of these draws in there. I know there's 38 games in a season and another 38 draws, and we're safe. So let's not worry too much about it. Uh, comments from um, the manager. He said he's happy uh, with a point. Tough place to come. A big atmosphere. And we needed to defend well as a team. We did it well and fully deserved the point. And I think he's right, in essence. Totally, today we did uh, we defended really well. Okay, so coming up, we've now got to play the next three games. Yeah, that, that's a little bit concerning where we are in the league, uh, especially as we're coming on to the next point, which is three games, our next three games are against the current top six in the division. 
Um, so uh, Sunday the 11th, home to Man United. Uh, Saturday the 17th, away at that lot down there. I still can't believe there's a three o'clock kickoff on a Saturday afternoon. Uh, let's make a weekend of it, people. For those of you who are coming down with me. Uh, and Saturday the 1st, uh, we are home to Chelsea. So some tough games coming up. Um, I'm going to change tax completely. So we'll put those two games to bed. I want to actually talk, if you don't mind. We're coming in the last 10 minutes. I'd like your thoughts on what I've been thinking about out in Facebook land. So please bear with me while I ramble for a second. But I honestly think come Christmas and the new year and into February, as a club, we have a golden, golden opportunity. Um, and the what I'm actually talking about is we have this long World Cup break. Now, from our joint deliberations earlier on, we think we only have two, three, possibly four of our players going away on international duty for the World Cup. Uh, it, it depends whether Michael, at least he gets... Uh, called up, it depends on uh, Mitchell and Guihi, uh, um, please. Anderson. And, and Anderson, we know, is going to go. So we, uh, we've got Chris Richards playing for the States, Guihi, Mitchell and Richards. So apart from that... Tell me Ghana in the World Cup. Yeah, whatever. Okay, you mentioned it again, so that's £2,000. What, Ghana? Um, okay, so um, my, my point is... All the other clubs, okay, including your Chelsea's, your Man United's, your Liverpool, all the clubs are going to have lots of players going away and slogging their guts out during the World Cup. And the majority of our squad will not be. And the majority of our squad will be at home stuffing themselves on their pre-Christmas dinner. Uh, I honestly think when they come, depending on which teams go furthest in the cup, okay, depending on which players stay out there, of course, uh, what used to happen or what normally happens is when they come back from a major tournament, they have a two-week break, okay? Be it the Euros or the World Cup, and then they go into pre-season, and then they can start the new season. Well, this year, they're coming back to a massively busy, over-fixtured Christmas campaign and into the new year. Palace players, I believe we have an opportunity in the new year, as long as we're not carrying any injuries, to take it forward and have a very successful Christmas period and New Year. Discuss, gentlemen. Do you know what? The way you way you mention that there, I'm, I, I'm thinking of a couple of words, um, straws and clutching at. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a nice thought, Nick, um, but there will be other clubs, I think, in, in a similar boat um, to ourselves. Um, what is factual is that the maximum we will have is, is three or four players going. I think if Mark Gahey and Torrent Mitchell keep playing like they are, they won't be going with England. Uh, Jordan Ayer will be going. Um, Anderson will be going with Denmark. And Richards will be going with the US. I can't see Elise going. He's not even played for France at a full international level yet. So, you know, we've got three or four players going. Yeah, um, it could play to our advantage. It could. You could turn it on its head and say, actually, um, they need um, to keep playing. And it'll be like um, coming back after um, pre-season and they start cold, and, and the other players are all fresh, and, you know, they're, they're, they've got the momentum still, and we haven't. So I think whatever happens, Vieira and, and the management team at Palace and, and other clubs will be, they'll be looking at this already, you know, they will have, they, well, they will have sorted this, I'm sure. They need a routine, they need a, they need to be playing matches in that time, so oh, there really? might be some friendlies behind closed doors, um, they might go away on a camp somewhere, 
to, to somewhere warmer or something like that, just to keep the players together and keep them keep them you know, in top condition. You know, these are finely honed athletes, aren't they? Professional footballers in the Premier League. So if you let them have a couple of weeks off, a rest, that ain't going to work, I don't think. So um, I think it could work either way. It might work to our advantage, it might not. Um, but factually, we'll have three or four players going to the World Cup. It seems, Mittal, you want to um, speak? Yeah, I don't. I think that's really clutching, clutching hard. Because <laughs> uh, one, if you look at the fixture list, we, we've got tough teams coming there. And then more importantly, we're kind of assuming that we've got a deep squad. And then teams that are sending their international players out, let me tell you, Man City's second team can run right over anyone. All right, let's say Haaland's disappeared. Oh, well, I've got Alvarez. Let me throw him on. So, you know, they've got cover heavy in every department. Like All the big teams have bought out. Like Arsenal have got two in every position. You know, Chelsea have bought like 500 players. Nottingham Forest have bought like 100 players. So, <laughs> they're deep. We're short. So... Our players, the consistent ones, will should be playing weekly more often because they have to. Because of our reduced squad then, okay, let's throw it back at you boys because your, your points are well made and I accept them. Don't forget, uh, if we have got a weak squad and we might be car uh, carrying some injuries and, and don't you think that month where they're not playing is a great sort of recap on the season as Keith Madge Diamond mentioned in the chat early on the, the fact that we can be getting our players fit that are carrying knocks while the others are all out there slogging their guts out in the World Cup yeah possibly I mean but you know last season we had the fewest injuries in the Premier League um I, and we haven't got many at the moment so you've know, got one or two Maccas, Maccas out um Tompkins uh, Ferguson is always injured but you know we've got many <laughs> others out so I think our medical staff do a good job. Uh, certainly last season proved that. So, but if we have got a few injuries, then yeah, I agree. You know, the time will be a healer for them. Um, but I still Everybody. worry. I still worry that they won't have. Um, they they won't be fully have that full momentum like they would have. You know, in in October. Um, Comment. These guys are all like this is a job. So just because yeah. the World Cup's going on. Don't think like everything's going to stop. These guys have still got to go in and train every day. Yeah, sure, it's your yeah. job, mate. So they ain't on holiday. We might be watching the World Cup, but you crack on as normal. Paul Bristol. Paul Bristol. And that's every club, not just us. Paul's just said in the chat, our first two games back of Fulham and Bournemouth. Yeah, but our next game after that, Paul, is Spurs. Uh, so, yeah. you know, I, was, I did mention, it was, I'm not just talking about immediately. I'm talking about into January and into February. Go on, Ian. Worth mentioning the EFL Cup as well because um, you know we're we're um, we've got a third round tie to played on um, either the eighth or the ninth of November. We think it's probably going to be the ninth of November, um, and I'll tell you why later if you like. Um, and that's at Newcastle again. Now, if we happen to win that tie, the fourth round of the EFL Cup is scheduled for the twentieth and twenty-first of December. The World Cup final is on the 18th of December. Whoa. So, you know, I think we'll be in a better position to compete on, on that stage compared to your Liverpools and your Man Cities and your Chelsea's and so on, because they will have more players missing. And I know it's only the EFL Cup and they won't take it necessarily that seriously, 
But I, I, I for one, I'd, I'd love to win the EFL Cup. You know, I'd love to win any cup. Yeah, you know. In fact, I just love to win anything. So we've got a trophy and we've just got a little badge to like. So I've got something to say against all my, my like my other mates. What have you ever won? That's all you ever What have you ever won? Right, oh. it's coming. It's coming. This year, this year, people, let's have some positive, positive. Listen, we're taking up enough. I think we're taking up enough of these people's times on a Sunday evening. So we've got uh, Sunday the eleventh. Next Sunday, we are at home to uh, Man United. So there won't be a show on Monday. Uh, you put your predictions in the chat for the uh, Man United game. And then did, did you say there won't be a show on Monday? There will be a show. Sorry, on Monday. No, I think about there won't be a show on Sunday. We will do yeah. our, we'll do one on Monday. Uh, and uh, I'm not I'm not sure what the lineup for that will be, but no doubt Mr. Holyoke will come back at some point and, and make another appearance. He's been at, he's been busy today, so um, boys, thank you as always for joining him. Joining me, I can't do it without you. Uh, it's been great fun, Mitchell. Glad to have you back, mate. Um, ladies and gentlemen, out in Facebook land, thank you for joining us. Thank you for giving up your Sunday evening. Anybody out there wants to think consider sponsoring us for a, a season? You got you can have every single show which includes every single Premier League game, every single Cup game, FA Cup and Carling Cup. And your name will be, your company's name or your own name, if it's a private sponsor, will be scrolling across the bottom of the screen. Uh, and I know just any, the man who's going to do it for us is just join us. Nigel, thank you for all your hard work in the background and you, Lucy. Uh, Tom Clark, Samuel, as always. On behalf of, did you want to say something, Nigel, before we bailed out? Okay, on behalf of my entire team, I, I am grateful to you all. God bless. Take care. Good night, everybody. Good night. See you guys.